its chair. How to get burned? How to get burned? And loathing. Yeah. Just steal the scene with like smoldered sex appeal or something. I want to play a game. Give me some bullshit, you know, to counteract yeah, want, all the joy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna stop you right there for a second. I win! I win! <laughs> Hello again and welcome to another episode of Cheer and Loathing, featuring myself, Loathing, also known as Casey in some circles around the world, but very few. Over there we have <laughs> Stephanie, also known as... This is Cheer. Cheer. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so uh, today we have a couple of Halloween-themed movies on the docket. Um... And we'll probably end up talking about the new Halloween movie is a little bit as well, just because it came out, like, this weekend. And to be topical, it's a Halloween theme, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's called I mean, fucking Halloween, for Christ's sake, so. We're talking about Halloween <clears throat> horror. I would argue that that is the mother of all Halloween horror films, so. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, so you want to read us in into what we're going to be talking about today? Well, like we mentioned, um, in honor of the spooky season, we're going to be looking at Halloween horror, which are films that take place on or near Halloween and focus heavily on aspects of the season. Now, as usual, we were each responsible for one film that we had never seen before. And I think that this week was especially fun because, if I'm not mistaken, these both of these films ended up being first-time watches for us. Well, um, I think that's the whole times, idea with season two, isn't it? Well, no, I mean, like, we... Oh, right. Pick, we pick I, Stephanie, yeah, I pick one that I haven't seen, but it doesn't mean <clears throat> you haven't seen it. But right, this right, week, right. I haven't seen your pick or my pick, and right. I think vice versa. So, yes, uh, correct. two films that are completely new to us, um, which is fun. I, I think usually you'll pick something that I've seen, so I get to do a rewatch, which is nice, and then I pick something new. But this time, you picked one I hadn't seen, which doesn't happen a lot, and it was That's super true. fun. Yeah. Um, okay, and... and so as I was watching it, I was thinking of a couple of things. And uh, before we get into our picks, I, I really wanted to clarify mm -hmm. that we don't discuss our picks with each other. Um, no. We don't have a conversation about it. It is very like, and we try, that's kind of our rule, talk about the podcast as little as possible leading up to it so that everything is very authentic, all the reactions. We don't know how each other feels about the films. We don't know why they picked that film. Right. Um, and so we each kind of just message each other and say, okay, this is our film, and that's the extent of our conversation. Yeah, sometimes you send and, me a list and you're like, here, these are the themes or movies that focus on this theme if I'm having trouble picking something. Yeah. But yeah, that's what um, the extent of it. But there's no sort of... Um, there's no attempt to connect the films in any way outside of the theme. And when I was watching these films, I was really struck by how many coincidental similarities. Yeah, there's there are. some notes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of them is a 1981 made for TV horror film, and the other is a recent release, but it takes place in the 80s, and it's really meant to invoke the look, feel, and tone of 80s horror. So we're going to be <clears> talking <throat> about Night of the Scarecrow and Candy Corn. Uh, isn't uh, it Dark Knight of the Scarecrow? Sorry, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yeah. You're correct. Oh. Um, it, it wouldn't. It just really wouldn't be the show if within the first like thirty seconds you hadn't corrected me. So thank you, Casey. Uh, I appreciate actually, it so it's much. been three minutes. <laughs> again, again, <laughs> at the top of your game right now. Um, Always. So both of these films actually revolve around a mentally challenged person who gets bullied, attacked, and killed by small town locals. Mm -hmm. 
And both of them are, I guess what you would call <clears throat> supernatural slashers. Um, they center to around, extent, yeah. to extent, they center around the dead coming back to exact vengeance on those who have escaped justice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously two completely different films, um, but, but a lot of similarities that I found kind of like super interesting. So, uh, Dark Knight and Scarecrow was your pick, Casey. Candy mm-hmm. Form was my pick. Yep. Any preference on where we start? Let's go chronologically. Let's start in okay. 1981. So that would be your pick. And that I'm would be. Let you kick us off. Well, uh, I was looking through movies that obviously had Halloween themes to them. <clears throat> and uh, this one just, I don't know why it jumped out to me. It just sort of did. I'm like, you know what? I, there aren't enough movies about scarecrows out there. At least good movies that are about scarecrows. Uh, sadly, I did not discover a good one about a scarecrow this week. But... <gasps> <clears throat> Shut up. Okay, so. Shut up. So, question, question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Okay, now I have so much to say, I don't even know where to go. Um, <laughs> so, this this film was not on your radar. Like, this wasn't, was this film that you had not really known about? I had about? never even heard of it until I started looking, doing some research about what, what to watch. So, I will say that this is uh, widely considered a horror classic. Um, and it was definitely on my radar. And when you picked it, I was like, oh, because it's one of those films that I never quite know why I haven't seen it. Because it's one I've heard about. People yeah. have talked about a lot. It just I've falls always, through the cracks. Yeah, I've it always happens. meant to see it. Yeah. So I was super excited when you picked it. I was like, oh, shit, <clears throat> like really strong pick. And um, I, I, you know, had heard some stuff about it. Uh, I, You know how we play this game <laughs> where uh, you are, you'll, you'll sometimes say, Oh, what do you think I thought about it? Mm-hmm. When I was watching this, I was like, yeah, I, I actually think Casey's going to dig this one. But I was wrong, I guess. You weren't. Usual. Okay. So <laughs> I'm conflicted because All I would right. say the first half of the movie I absolutely despised. Um, and even going into the, the, the final act a little bit, I was like, mm, mm, the acting wasn't great. Uh, mm, really? the, in my opinion, anyway, the, uh, a, a lot of screaming, a lot of high pitched screaming takes place in this movie. And you know me, I'm very like much about sound in the movie and I get they're restricted by the, the technology of the time and whatnot. And you get that mic peaking when somebody screams right into it and they don't really, they don't have computers that they can really go in and be like, okay, I need to tone this down or I need to clip this or whatever. So I, I'll give it like a bit of leeway on that, but you should also know your limitations, and if you know that's going to happen and blow out your fucking audience's ears, maybe don't have grown men scream like 12-year-old girls for three-quarters of the fucking movie. I loved it, I and I actually thought the sound was really good. I thought the, especially the music and everything. Well, the music was fine. Exceptional. But the, the, the sound mixing, I guess, and I mean, I don't know how you know, before the digital age, it couldn't have been easy to sit there and cut and tape together these reels and, and all that stuff. So again, like, it's just something that took me out of it. And I was like, uh, my wife was sitting there. She's like, there's a lot of really loud, bad screaming in this. I'm like, yeah, there is. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it had the same feel. And it, it works better for this movie than for the one I'm going to compare to. But it has the same sort of... Uh, like quality feel of of that uh, that like South Park creator movie we watched <laughs> the the musical with like the really shitty camera work and stuff like that. <clears throat> I, I got the same sort of feel 
out of this one. Um, and it just, I don't know, it didn't look good. I didn't think the acting was particularly good. The story was, it was a typical horror, you know, movie story. And you get what you pay for sort of thing. You're not going to get, especially in 1981, you're not going to get, you know, the, the, the witch or whatever, like that kind of deep level of storytelling. Um, and also realized like, I don't know what it is about this town, but they really don't like people with mental disorders. <laughs> it seems like there's two or three that get bullied throughout and then one, you know, dies. Um, that, I don't know. Did you notice that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think that's, that's sort of part of the, the core part of the story is yeah. how, you know, the bigotry and how, um, different people are bad. You know, how people treat outsiders and yeah, how um, easy it is to have misconceptions about someone who's different and to automatically assume like, oh, they must, something must be wrong with them and right. how quick they are to think that um, this mentally challenged man is guilty of something horrible and mm-hmm. then they you know, do vigilante justice, they kill him and then immediately find out like, oh, actually, no, he didn't do it. And he actually, instead of hurting this little girl, tried to save, save her, her life. life. Yeah. Well, he did save um, her life. Yeah. Did save her life. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I think that's okay. I guess. Well, I have commentary to what you said, but I want to make sure you I wanted you to finish like talking through your thoughts before I interrupt. Sure. Yeah. Cause, I mean, I did take a couple of notes. This one, yeah. uh, the other one took a little bit more, but this one not as many just because it, between the two movies that we picked this week I, I found both to be just kind of forgettable but um, I, it, it almost lost me right off the bat right when that little girl gets <clears throat> attacked by the dog and it cuts to fucking gnomes like six gnomes just watching this take place I'm like why garden gnomes of all things you know, like, cut to the the man watching in horror or, you know, like, blood spurting on a fence post or something. But it's like, little girl screaming from dog attack, cut to five or six different garden gnomes just watching her. I thought that was a very odd choice. Hmm. Um, and then the court scene, that might be the worst depicted court scene in any movie ever done. <laughs> I mean... Just throws yeah. the evidence on the ground, and he's like, "So why did he shot? They they shot him twenty one times. It was self defense. He had a pitchfork." And the the prosecutor's like, "Are you are you fucked? What? You shot him twenty one times? How is that self like? He was the only kind of realistic part of that court scene." And the judge is like, "Well, unless you have evidence to suggest otherwise, well, I'm gonna have to say these boys are innocent." Like, what the fuck kind of justice system is that? <laughs> Well, I do agree. I do agree that it was awkward, but I will say uh, you're going to hate this because you hate when I do this like layered thing. But mm. um, <laughs> I think that, that that was intended to show how flawed small town justice is and how everybody is in each other. Like the, everybody's in everybody's pocket. And I'm sure the judge is like BFFs with these like good old boys. And, the you know, the law is like sort of just... It's portrayed. That's pretty. That's a pretty common trope in these films of how like the law is corrupt, but they like own right. the town, and there is no justice, and that like it, like 
the criminal justice system is a mockery. It's just like you go through the motions, but everybody knows what's going to happen. I sort right. of got that vibe that but that's it, what we were trying to convey. Sure, but I mean, usually it doesn't even get to like the court scene in those sort of cases. Like they're just like let go. They made bail and, you know, oh, evidence well, was corrupted. you need some you drama. Out. You need, I mean, you need a little <clears throat> bit of televised drama. You can't have it just be like, well, case dismissed. You got to have a little. Well, but that's basically what it was. Just a, a lot of off. 80s screaming into terrible microphones. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, other than that, like I said, there, there was nothing that jumped out at me that was particularly great in it. Uh, there was nothing that really made me feel one way or another about any of the characters. I... I just didn't, there's not much for me to really say on it. I just, I was bored for most of it. Uh, I just didn't think it was, uh, maybe for 1981, it was okay, for, especially for a TV movie, sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't, uh, didn't resonate with me. And you know, like I do like 80s slasher flicks and I like scarecrows and, but this one, I don't know. It just, it felt like you, you mentioned it's a TV movie. It felt very TV movie. Which is never a good thing. Well, I have things to say. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Um, I, I mean, this is not shocking at all to you or the listeners, but mm-hmm. I vehemently disagree with you. Of course you do. Like, could not disagree more. This isn't even like a lukewarm, like, I don't know, maybe you're not quite right. This is a, what is even happening in your head right now kind of like logic it's not logic okay so (laughs) i want to say and and obviously it's okay like if something it has is like widely heralded as being i don't i don't want to say a masterpiece but it being something that's actually quite considered quite um good and important in the genre it's Mm -hmm. okay to be like yeah i get that it has all this merit, but I didn't like it. So I'm not saying that you have to like it because of its influence or importance or how it's critically seen. However, Mm -hmm. I will say, with that said, I want to throw that caveat out there. This is widely heralded as one of the best made-for-TV movies. Um, I think, I do think, I understand your obsession with technical and that kind of stuff, but I do think we have to put it in perspective. This was 1981. This is shot on video. This is made for tv this is no budget production yeah but um, i mean so was halloween okay. and that was made like two or three years earlier than this halloween is that is why halloween stands as like one of the absolute masterpieces of the genre because it like defied all convention well, exactly um, okay but I don't think that that takes... I'm not going to take anything away from Halloween. Well, Halloween's my no, but what time, I'm but saying is, like, yeah, there's there's restrictions of technology in the time. But if movies made through... Like, The Thing is another one well, made around the think, same time. I don't think that, it was like, bad at all. I, I don't think that this is, like... <clears throat> I, I disagree with you that this is, like, a shitty production. I mean, it feels very VHS 80s, but I, I, I don't know. I have an affection for that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I didn't watch it thinking, like... Oh my god, what a piece of shit. This isn't a masterpiece. I, I actually thought... I, I disagree. I thought the acting was really strong. I thought the little girl was quite good, which is uh, not easy. Child actors aren't always great. Mm-hmm. I thought the... Um, was it Bubba, I think? The, the, the mentally challenged man. I thought he was very compelling. Uh, really got me emotionally invested. The scene where they... Where he's dressed up as a scarecrow because he's trying to hide. Mm-hmm. And they realize that it's him. 
and set up a firing squad. And he knows he's about to die. And the terror, the way he's shaking, the look in his eyes, I think that's one of the most haunting, effective scenes uh, that I've ever seen. Like, it chilled me to the bone. I fucking loved it. Um, I think the villain is amazingly well acted. I think he's horrific. He makes me, like, he makes my skin crawl. He makes me hate him more and more every scene that comes. And I think that's his. That's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I thought he was super great. I actually, I mean, all the acting isn't flawless, but I actually thought it was, like, really <clears throat> solid. I thought the story was really good and investing. Um, it is sort of a slow burn, but, um, which I know you're not a big fan of, but I, I think that they did well, a really good job building Slow it. burn is fine. It's when it takes, it, it's usually more so TV shows that I have a problem with, slow burns, because they know they have, like, 20 episodes or whatever to fill, if it's, like, a cable network show or whatever. So when the first like twelve episodes are like takes place in the guy's bedroom because he can't get out of bed because he's depressed or something, it's like okay, we get it. He's he's a mope. Move on with the story. Uh, movies, it depends. Sometimes like you can have really good character development and have a very slow burn with it, and it works out really well. Um, but sometimes it feels like it was in just for the sake of being in, and then like something happens and it's all action and doesn't fit the theme of the movie. Those are the issues I have with slow burns. Which I think this one kind of did. And same with the next movie, to be fair. Yeah, I I did not... I didn't get that at all. I, I don't know. This is like... I'm a little... I guess verklempt. Because... I feel like... Now, sure. It, this feels... 80s. So, mm-hmm. for... But I know you're a fan of 80s. But I, I was going to say for... For modern, you know, movie audiences, obviously you're going to see this and it's going to feel dated. You're going to feel that, oh, this is clearly looks different than modern films. There's different amount of technology. There's a different level of finesse. Um, and I mean, I think that that, all that is, if you're going to watch a film of this nature, that should be expected going in. You just know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, so all that aside... Like, I think take that off the table just because that's sort of a known entity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought this was incredibly, like, <clears throat> creepy. I thought they did a great job with atmosphere. See, I didn't I thought, get the same atmosphere effect that you did. I, I did. I got and it, and it was shot in California, but it feels very, it has that very, like, kind of Midwest vibe um, that I thought they did a really good job with. I They couldn't, because it was made for TV, they couldn't have any really gore. Mm-hmm. Um, which I can see a lot of horror fans being like, uh, no thanks, but I... Well, you don't need that, gore. Well, I Halloween agree. didn't I have any gore, they, right? So. I think they handled that... Um, I think they handled that really well. I think, you know, all the kills are basically... there's Most of the kills are more about setting up, hey, this is what is about to happen, and then sort of letting your imagination take over. Uh, you know, they, they or, don't... you know, flashing to garden gnomes. <laughs> I didn't... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't defend that. <laughs> There's no defending I, I, I that. I can. I, I think it's because I think it's basic. Well, I, I don't even want to say what I feel like it is because you're going to be like, oh, Jesus Christ. Here she goes again trying to. Like, oh, OK. What 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 situations. what is the 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 deep onion layer meaning of the fucking garden gnomes <laughs> while a girl's being torn apart by a dog? Tell well, me. It's it's. It's this counter to the like absolute horror of the situation because it's pretty. It's a pretty horrific. Like it, like you said, a young girl, really like sweet precocious young girl, getting like, yeah, like basically almost 
killed. Mauled. She's bald. Um, by this vicious dog and she's screaming bloody murder and he's sort of like at first like paralyzed and because it's like i think like a lot of us would be because you're just like oh shit this is happening you know like you're kind of you go into shock well he's also Um, mentally or as the description on rotten tomato says he's a simpleton Um, <laughs> that's it. Movie info. Small town vigilantes led by the mailman, because mailman, do not get away with killing a local simpleton. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> What's wrong um, with simpleton? It's better than the R word. I, well, I don't know. I mean, it's not the word I would have chosen, but I. I My dad really used to call me a simpleton all the time. Well, I mean, I, I can't say. No, never mind. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> Finish that um, thought, Miss Woke no, Woman. I'd rather not because because <laughs> I'm I'm the kind one on the show. Uh-huh, I, I need uh-huh. to maintain my uh, reputation as being above the fray. You know what I mean? Mm, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get into the weeds of that. Your uh, your high holiness over here. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I did. I didn't have a problem <laughs> with the gnomes uh, scene. I thought it was well shot. I thought it was creepy. I liked the contrast of the, the innocence versus like this horrific thing that's happening. It definitely was the gnomes were the thing that kind of like she was excited about and attracted her. And so I, I don't know. I, I, I did not think that that, I, I wasn't watching it thinking like, what the fuck? This is, what, what are they doing? This is awkward. I thought it was actually a really intensely disturbing scene. And I appreciate like, what I was going to say before you interrupted with the gnomes thing was that mm-hmm. like, I think they did a really good job throughout of, okay, we can't really show you what's happening, but we want you to, we want it to still we want you to feel it. You know, we want you to understand the um, intensity of what's happening because the deaths were really horrific. You just didn't really see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think the fact that they couldn't really show it, and I think this a lot about low-budget films, worked to their advantage. I think that it allowed them to make it much more sort of visceral because it's more about like what you're imagining is happening. Sometimes when they show shit, especially when they show stuff and they don't really have the budget to fully pull it off, yeah, I would much rather them do this where it's yeah. like, all right, I can fill in the blanks here. I know what's happening. This mm-hmm. is horrific. Um, and I actually feel like that enhanced the overall um, kind of mood and terror of this film uh, because they couldn't like just make it all in your face. Because a lot of, especially of this time, you know, it is all about the like, and I, I'm a practical effects girl and I love gore and I love like the quote unquote cheap kills, you know. I will watch movies just because, I mean, it's the same reason we most of us watch, like, the Friday the 13th and stuff. It's like, let's see how creative these kills can be, how gory they can be, what they're going to do to the next person. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a thrill in that. This sure. isn't that kind of movie, but it's also, I think, incredibly effective. And I definitely understand why it has the reputation it has um, <clears throat> and and do not at all feel like that reputation is undeserved in any way, shape, or form. Well, I'll agree with you on the fact that not showing the kills worked to its advantage. Uh, I don't necessarily think it added any extra terror or fear or horror to it, but you're right. If you don't have the budget or you don't have the capabilities to show a brutal kill, don't show it. Imply it. Totally get that, 100%. I think the biggest issue I had with the atmosphere, like like I said, the story, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a typical 80s horror story. Essentially, it's a tale of murder revenge. You know, it's just, that's it. it. There's nothing crazy. There's nothing deep about it. I mean, you can look into the whole, like, bigotry thing. But, I mean, again, that's a pretty common thing for around that time frame. 
but the, the the thing that I just that took me away from a lot of it, and yeah, the technical aspects, which again, I know, 80s, you don't have 4K cameras, and you don't have Lightroom, and you don't have fucking Premiere and After Effects, and all those fun programs to make the film polished. <clears throat> but you do have access to lighting and lighting techniques, which I don't think this film used in any great capacity. Uh, the the scene when he's up tied against the scarecrow when they they kill him the guy the quote unquote simpleton uh, it, it lost the effect for me because the cinematography was pretty bland the the angles and the editing was bland yeah you get the the like the close up of the guy's eye underneath the mask and you can tell that he's terrified sure give him that but then it's just like and it's over. And there was no drama to the scene that there could have been. I think they could have done more with it. Uh, and the fact that a lot of the quote-unquote scary moments do take place in very well-lit areas that you can obviously tell are being lit if it's at night by a spotlight or something. And a very harsh light. And it just, the whole atmosphere was ruined for me based on the, I guess lack of quality when it came to setting up shots and and making it seem authentic and real and you know it it just didn't sit right if it were shot by you know a different director or somebody with a different mindset I think it could have been a good movie but for me it was just very forgettable just because it didn't have that oomph that I was hoping it would from an 80s slasher movie You can interject. Um, well, no, I mean, I wanted you to get your thought out. I, I don't really, honestly, like, I don't have a ton to add. I don't want to just be like, well, you're wrong. Um, I, because I'm not. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think, I don't want to say you're wrong. That's not a fair statement. I will say I disagree. I don't, I didn't get that at all. I loved, I loved that this feel. I mean, I think you see this, see it on paper, and you're like, "Oh, it's a made-for-TV." Well, I didn't even know it was made film. for TV. To be fair. No, well, yeah, but I'm just saying, if you saw it on paper and you said, "Okay, low-budget, early '80s, made-for-TV, about a killer scarecrow," you'd be like, "Yeah, that sounds like a pile of shit. Like that does not sound good at all." I don't know. Uh, it sounds like Pumpkinhead to me, and I'm like, I love that fucking movie. So. No, uh, Pumpkinhead's amazing, but yeah, um, so. I don't think that that description sounded like pumpkin head but well you know what i mean like a supernatural being killing people in the yeah, early I, 80s right i guess i guess i would just expect given the made for tv and especially in the early 80s when made for tv was even more um boo schlocky than it is today <laughs> like it was real that was that was really bottom of the barrel um and and Sometimes that those are really fun, but you do not go in. I don't go in expecting quality by any shape of the imagination. I go in expecting that it's going to be, you know, campy, pretty terrible. Maybe it'll be fun. I mean, I think really all you hope for is like, maybe it'll be a good time. Um, but I'm not expecting to walk away being like, holy shit, you know. Um, I, uh, this movie really surprised me, especially if I'm giving it all of the, the sort of obstacles that I know it had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, knowing budget constraints, knowing like that it was never meant to be this like big cinematic thing. Like I think it holds up in the pantheon of 
of genre classics. Um, I think it's still like watching it now for the first time, all these years later. I I was pretty impressed by it. I actually thought it was a pretty solid, and I wasn't even watching like a 4K restoration of it. I was watching pretty much. Uh, I found it the, on YouTube. The yeah, the quality <laughs> that you would have expected at the time, probably yeah. even less because it's yeah. like a transfer. Yeah, it's like um, got some bitrate issues and shit. Yeah. I would love to see a 4K restoration. I think that would be kind of beautiful and a better experience. Um, but yeah, even sometimes like I said, it's fun. I, I was going to say, sometimes it's fun to watch something. Like, I will, I still have VHS player. I will pop in a VHS and, and watch it. And there is something so satisfying and nostalgic about watching that old format. And especially films that are meant to be in that format. Because sometimes you'll watch a 4K of a shot on video or a lo- super low budget and, and, and it also actually like hurts the experience because everything is crystal clear that mm-hmm. and it's better when it's not yeah. then all the flaws just are like oof here you go in your face um, yeah. it's like seeing pores in 4K you know high def you're just like mm-hmm. yeah maybe there's we don't always need that <laughs> yeah, high stuff possible yeah. 8K like, I don't want to be shot in 4K yeah. I'm like yeah. yeah put those filters on like let's uh, <laughs> let's not get all up close and personal here um, yeah Anyway, I I guess my point is just given all those, given all the like known technical and what what we're dealing with um, for the time and the 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 medium, I actually I, I was super impressed by this film. I mean, it is not like you said, it's not like oh my god, this is breaking all kinds of new ground, and I've never seen anything fucking like this before, and it's blowing my mind. But it is definitely like, especially I think it sets its apart, it sets itself apart out from what was being made around this time. And the type of slashers you were getting and the type of storylines you were getting. I do think this is, this does try to do something different. And I think, I mean, I'm with you. There are not enough great scarecrow. Like, I love the idea of the scarecrow subgenre. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time naming very many of all of films that I think really, like, nail that subgenre and are worth watching. And are just, like, schlocky and stupid and, you know, hokey. Mm-hmm. I think this is pretty strong. And I would like to see more of this. And I enjoyed it. It gave me a very, it was a very nice, like, Halloween, uh, autumnal, sort of, like, spooky season type of movie. Like, it really put me in the mood, and it gave me a really nice vibe, and I, I really appreciate that. I well, like I like that I saw this. I think this is a nice, <clears throat> like, add-to-your-Halloween rotation lineup type of film, and I was grateful that you picked it. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I just have one question for you before yeah. we move on. So, you are somewhat of a graphic designer by trade, correct? Well, I wouldn't say somewhat. I'm kind of a graphic design badass, if that's what you meant to okay, say. Okay, yes, yes, that's what I meant to say. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I meant, like, for job. I don't know what exactly your job entailed, but yes, I know you do people, graphic design. People pay me to do that, yes. Okay, okay. So, have you ever seen, uh, like, a movie poster or box art and gone, Jesus, that's terrible? Oh, yeah. Oh, all the time. And how did that get approved? Yeah. So that's my perspective when looking at movies that are shot terribly. Because I have photography training and I've made, I mean, not good, but I've made little movies here and there. So that's where that aspect, I'm just trying to relate to you why these things take me out of it. Mm-hmm. I go, hey, I, if this is this guy's job, I can do it better give me the job <laughs> if if this is going to get you know published and printed and distributed it shouldn't look like amateurish it's just all i'm trying to say with 
in terms of atmosphere and creating lighting and unique atmospheres in with with the camera angles and stuff like that. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I I get that that's something. Look, everyone, we we've talked about this before. Everyone watches comes at movies from a different perspective and we watch it through a different lens. Mm-hmm. And there are I was just talking about this recently with a friend of mine about film what film criticism basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know they were like, "Well, I would be a terrible reviewer because I don't I'm not really ex- um, knowledgeable enough about the technical ex- technical aspect. So right. I really couldn't go into things like, oh, you know, the, the lighting and the, you know, I couldn't um, really pick it apart on a very intellectual level if we're just talking about the technical aspects. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I think that there are, and one thing I enjoy, there's different types of reviews. It's not like, that's certainly a valid type of review to talk about the technical aspects. Um, other people are very focused on, you know, more of the sort of casual viewer type things like how are the performances and what was the music like and what was the story like and stuff and then there's people like me who are like so i really think that this scene represents uh you know the existential when uh, he put the hair clip down (laughs) on the coffee table and walked away that was him symbolizing the end of the relationship and the the, exactly the 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 big word i can't think of of (laughs) like you know (laughs) Yeah, so I think that, and obviously, I, I mean, I I don't always write reviews like that, but I do love films where I can talk about what they represent and the meaning and the, uh, because and that, maybe that ties to the fact that I was an English major and I loved uh, literary analysis and trying to analyze themes and stuff like that's That's my jam. That's what I love. So I take that into movie watching. So I think that your perspective, I mean, is not invalid at all. Like it's a very important perspective of talking about the technical artistry of filmmaking that is incredibly important. And that's how you experience films. Um, I I and other people experience them differently, which isn't right or wrong. It's just a matter of, you know, what your sort of, how you engage with films and what you take out of them and what you're bringing into the viewing experience. And, and, and I get it. And I'm not judging you for thinking that. I'm just yes, saying you are. For me, I'm I'm very careful not to say you're wrong or that there's anything. <laughs> you always preface. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying we have a different perspective, <laughs> which is why which this dynamic works. Is neither right or wrong. It's just different, and different mm-hmm. is good. Which is like actually the 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 whole theme of this film is that different is good, and that you shouldn't judge it, and you shouldn't attack it because it's different. So well, there, stop attacking me. I'm not attacking you. I think just because I'm a simpleton. This, they're like. Holy shit, she's so nice about this. She's so carefully wording her critique. Her passive-aggressive attacks on my <laughs> personality and being You're the existence. one who's like, I'm sorry that you're <clears throat> such an idiot and don't know anything, but... Well, I'm not sorry, so you're wrong there. Yeah, well, that's fair, too. <laughs> um, should we transition to a film now that I'm even more scared to talk about? Um, Candy Corn? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. So this is my pick. And I have not seen it. I had definitely heard about the buzz about this. And I think more of the buzz came from when this was being made than when it was actually released. Um, okay. It, it had a big Kickstarter campaign. It was really sort of, sort of fan supported. Um, 
it did some really cool marketing. It had partnerships with, um, because one of the guys who did uh, FX on this film mm-hmm. is uh, the co-owner, I think, of Trick or Treat. Not Trick or Treat. Uh, yeah, Trick or Treat Studios. Is that right? Uh, um, I don't know. I guess the people who made Trick or Treat. The big, no, the, um, I feel like I'm saying the wrong. No, I think, I do remember seeing that symbol pop up at the, the opening credits. The, the company that does all the really cool masks and stuff, Halloween mm-hmm. masks. Okay. And it's the guy who did the Halloween mask for the new, the 2018 Halloween. Oh, okay. So anyway, a really, uh, Justin Mabry, that's his name. Um, yeah, he's the co-owner of Trick or Treat Studios. I was like looking at my notes to be like, I don't want to butcher this. Um, because I think the FS is really important in this film. Um, but anyway, because of that, I think they did some really cool marketing and they had a ton of buzz and I was totally down. I was like, this sounds great. And for whatever reason, I just didn't get around to seeing it when it came out. And then when we were talking about the theme, I, I, and I was looking up options that I hadn't seen because Halloween horrors, I freaking love Halloween horrors. Yeah. Genre. Yeah. So of I've course. seen most of it. Not, I don't want to say most of it. I've seen most of the stuff that's worth seeing. Let's put it that way. Ooh. Um, Shots yeah. fired to every movie she hasn't seen. Well, there's some really fuck you, director B. <laughs> films that I like, you know, are not uh, like some of your picks for the top five worst Halloween horror films mm-hmm. um, that we do on social media. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I feel like that's probably scraping the bottom of the barrel, and your review was fair. Um, some of them I vehemently disagreed with. You know that, but. Um, also loved. I'm sorry. This is a side, but I also loved when you were like hating on Rob Zombie, and um, in your little write up. If you guys don't follow us on social, follow us because we do like top five lists for each of the themes, and I do my top five favorite underrated films, and Casey does the ones he hates the most because of course it's Casey. Yep. And he has to focus on hate. Oh fuck! But, it fuels me. I know. So you, he does his write ups, and in your write up, Casey, you said, "I can't. Remember, I'm gonna butcher the the wording, but it was essentially right. like." I have no respect for anyone who thinks this is any good. Like, I immediately think they're like a garbage human being and they should die. <laughs> I don't and think I, I, and said I know, that. And I know you know I love it. And I was like, oh, this is a bitch. <laughs> I mean, that was was might so have been partly at directed at you, but I mean, I don't think I, don't I, think I felt, worded it like that. It felt very pointed. I was like, oh, shit. So, I think I said I can't, um, like, respect anybody's opinion out if they liked it or something along those lines yeah so uh, there is a, <laughs> I, that that's an aside but it's also a correlation because i did pick this film thinking without having seen it you might hate it mm-hmm. which is a weird sort because i thought it might be fun to talk about because sometimes uh, you know i think we've agreed a little bit too much lately so i was like yeah this one i think is you're not gonna like and the reason i thought that is because um the guy who made this um joss hasty he directed a 2016 documentary called In Hell, Everybody Loves Popcorn. And okay. it's the making of 31. And he <clears throat> works with Rob Zombie. And I felt like he probably was going to share a similar aesthetic or um, sort of filmmaking style. Just from what I kind of knew about him. And I know how you feel about Rob Zombie. And so I thought that like that correlation was kind of nice. Mm. And... Uh, just from what I saw, I was like, yeah, this seems like, like, I think this is, this could go either way. This could either be a really fun time or it could just be a pile of shit. Mm-hmm. And I really did not know going in which one of those I was, where, which camp I was going to land in. There was a potential that I was going to be like, hmm, 
I hated it as well. By potential, you mean it was like a ninety-eight to two percent chance that you'd hate it, and ninety-eight percent chance that you'd not hate this film. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocking. Sometimes I hate things, Casey. It's rare, but sometimes I do. Um, I did not hate this one. Uh, I actually thought this was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and this is another film like it's Kickstarter funded. It's very independent. It's very low budget. So, again, knowing how you feel about some of those things, sometimes um, I was like, "Ooh, this this could be this could be one that uh, that you really have a field day with." So, I that's my little setup before we get <laughs> into it. Um, mm-hmm. I've already kind of spoiled that I found it quite charming. Of course, but but you did not. Um, no, I've, so, I, I've alluded to that already. You have. You've made uh, you've made your your point of view fairly clear. So I'm gonna let you start and talk about what uh, what you did not like about this, and then I'll talk about what I did like. Sure. Well, for the first, I don't even know how long. <laughs> Forty five minutes, hour maybe. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Nothing what? happened in this movie for until, like, even after, I don't know, we're spoiling because it's not that old of a movie. It's, what, 2019 or something like that? I uh, think this, we can't really talk about films without spoiling it. And we, I, I feel like I always re- forget to say at the beginning, spoiler alert. Fair enough. we should just have a blanket in our podcast, we are always going to probably yeah, spoil stuff. It's going to be spoilers. Spoily, spoily heavy. Uh, so I feel like up until, spoily. spoily uh <laughs> Even after, like, they, they kill the guy, I still feel like nothing fucking happened until the things started to pick up around the uh, the bathroom scene. I'm sure you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the movie started to pick up. But up until that point, I'm like, what the fuck is even the point of this movie? It's just a bunch of terrible acted teens who are, like, 45, some of them look like. Yeah. Um... Like that one kid with like the chin and the jaw, yeah, and and his dad's like the sheriff. I'm like, that guy could be the roles could be reversed. That guy could be the sheriff's dad, like hands fucking down. Um, I thought it was like Can- terribly acted. There was not a single good actor in this movie. Really, and really. does that include? Because one of the things I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. is that you've got some horror icons in this film. Do we? We do. Well, let's go. I, let's I, talk about it. I didn't recognize anybody that stood out anyway. This is that's upsetting, and I think you just lost some uh, more horror cred. Oh, okay. Well, Tony you're, Todd. Yes, I remember Tony you're Todd. You're already running yeah. on such low cred right uh, now. That you but you got to remember, like a lot of these horror <laughs> icons. Okay, the PJ Souls. Sure. Okay, yeah. She yeah. she was Marcy. She was. I was gonna say she was the only character I thought that was well acted. And, and don't, good. first of all. And I'm not backpedaling. All, I was going to mention no. that, but I forgot to write it down. And I did not I'm know that was PJ Souls. Okay. I'm not going to say you're backpedaling, but you're not allowed to say, I mean, PJ Souls, uh, sure. Like, I guess. Sure, I guess. She's a horror icon. PJ Souls is a fucking queen, and we need to give her due respect. All right? Sure. Whether you liked her in this film or not. Like, I just. She was fine in the. Sure. Like, her. She, like I said, she was probably the only character I liked that I thought was believable, was. Like actually well acted and Tony uh, Todd was actually really good. Like Tony, he doesn't have but a he, whole lot yeah, of he he was only in it for like what five minutes. He's very underutilized. I will. He say produced that, it too, didn't he? Yes, he is an executive producer on yeah. this. Um, Which when I saw that in the opening credits, I was like, oh, okay, there's there's some potential here. Okay. 
Um, um, yeah, I think, but I liked, I liked his role, his performance. Again, very, very small, but he plays against type. It's really, it's really nice. Um, and it's nice to see him. It's always nice to see these, these icons, you know, in these, in these, especially like this film. I'm, this is such a cliche, cliche and so overused and I'm sorry. And I know you're going to hate me for it when I say it. Mm-hmm. But this film is bills itself. It's one of those films that's intended to be like, quote unquote, love letter to the genre, which you hear so much. So every time I say it, I feel a little cringy. Um, yeah, because you can only, only have so many love genre. letters before they start <laughs> being meaningless, right? Yeah, I mean, I I always appreciate a love letter to the genre because as a huge genre fan, um, it's nice to see somebody make a film just for the sake of like, I love it's nice to see somebody who's coming from the perspective of like I fucking love horror I grew up on horror horror has defined me and I want to make a film that pays tribute to the things that I love like I appreciate that always whether it succeeds or not I appreciate that setup sure I I, like I do too but like I said it kind of loses its meaning when there's one of those every week there's one of everything every week. We've talked about yeah, this. Like, well, you are exactly. not going to make a film that there's not one of every single week. But if you you're going to bill it, oh, it's a love letter film. to the genre. It's like, then Steve is like, hey, I made one of those too. And then Phil's like, oh, over here. And Cindy's like, yeah, me too. I made that. It's like, uh-oh. Well, I guess it's not that special after all. Maybe we should change our marketing technique. That's not true. It's just, it's like, I mean, it is what it is. And your job is just to be like, you got to stand out from the crowd. Like, if you're going to make a zombie film... Which I would argue, that's a, that's a rough road. I mean, I feel like at this point, have I literally not seen every single permeation of a zombie film possible? And yet, sometimes, like I just saw one at Fantastic Fest. It was a zombie film mm-hmm. that blew my fucking mind. And I was like, how the hell do the films that I feel like, the pretty much the tropes are all there, you know? Like, how do films that I feel like I've seen a million of still manage to impress me? And that's... That's the art of filmmaking, right? That's making something that feels like it should be stale and somehow you make it fresh. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, usually with zombie films, you have a lot of genre uh, blending, though. Kind of like, you know, the army, army, the fucking Zack Snyder one that came out earlier this year. It's basically a heist movie with zombies. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to start mixing and matching, you know, Warm Bodies is a fucking romantic comedy with zombies, yeah. right? Uh, so that's how you kind of keep those sort of genres flat, fresh. But when you get people who are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to make a, a slasher film that incorporates Halloween and Freddy and uh, Michael and and put it all in the one, you're just like, well, I'd rather just watch Halloween, Friday the 13th, or Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I like seeing... I, I like seeing things that... Elements of things I love mixed with new ideas and new interpretations for me that's super fun as a horror fan um i like seeing people wear their um some i mean it can it can be done badly but when it's done in a way that i enjoy i like seeing people sort of wear their references on their sleeves to where when you're watching it you're like well clearly he loves lost boys or clearly you know this is an homage to halloween i know we've argued about this before and you aren't a big fan of this or tend to find that it's very it's lazy in my mind and there is a fine line between obviously we've talked about this before between homage and uh you know just straight stealing Mm -hmm. and 
where that line is. I mean, I don't know that there's, we've talked, like, it's like when you're like, what's the definition or how do you define this? And I'm like, well, I don't know that there's a very clear, like, line in the sand of this is always this and this. It's not a mathematical formula, I guess I should say. It's much more of a subjective, touchy-feely thing of, like, when does that line get crossed? And um, I feel like this, in my opinion, this film did a really good job with homage. I didn't feel like it felt like it was rip-off-y, in my opinion. Uh, to to go back to the point of where is that line sort of drawn uh, I think a good use of it is um, Jordan Peele's was it Us? with like the doppelgangers is that, mm-hmm. was that, that one was Us right? Yep. that was like filmed on the same location same spot as Lost Boys because you mentioned Lost Boys and that triggered in my head Yeah, that's a good way to do it have the same maybe location or shoot in the same set or house or whatever but make it nothing like the fucking thing just to make it like a well, familiar so like really hardcore fans would be like hey isn't that the fucking like carnival then oh shit yeah that is okay cool little things like so that so you're talking about something a little different you're talking about something that I think is super fun also that's more like easter eggs well that's also um, an homage an easter egg is kind of an homage things, where you hide things sometimes in plain sight but yeah. it's not it's not uh meant to be a direct in your face like look at me i am you know borrowing from this film it's more just like hey if you're this is sort of a nod to people who are really like big old film geeks like me uh horror nerds and are gonna see this and feel really good about themselves that they saw it and nobody else probably did right you know like when there's a poster on the wall or something you're like oh shit you know and you feel like really cool because you're like i fucking know what's up i know that movie (laughs) These lame, like, you know, everyday people won't get this reference, so this is for me, and I'm cool. Like, there's this, like, very fun uh, interaction with films when that happens. And so I feel like that's a little different. Maybe that's a tribute. I don't know if that's what I consider homage. I consider homage more like, you know, I'm... Stealing the story and retelling it? No, I'm pulling from (laughs) films in a very intentional way and, and incorporating it into my story. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've never been a big, like you said, I'm not a huge fan of that. It, it's nice in very small dosages. But when the movie is basically like a ripoff of a bad movie to begin with, I kind of don't really care. Well, we talked about, you mentioned Pumpkinhead earlier, and I think if we're going to talk about Pumpkinhead, this is where we talk about Pumpkinhead. Because this film has big old Pumpkinhead vibes. Okay. No, you didn't uh, get that at all. Like, there's a lot of similarities in plotline and, uh, yeah, the the story in general. But I, I, you, you said you liked Pumpkinhead, right? I did like Pumpkinhead. Big Pumpkinhead fan. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't feel. uh, I didn't get that. No. It wasn't a whole lot of it that that. I don't know. I. It was very difficult for me to get through that first act, first act and a half. And mm-hmm. I will be honest, my he attention was waning and I did fall asleep. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, Casey. Like, we have a job to do. Our job is to watch <laughs> these films, whether good or bad, knowing sometimes we are not going to enjoy the film, but we watch them so that we can Well, it wasn't my intention them. to fall asleep. Then you it just sort of happened. If you fall asleep, I, mean, I didn't have the time. I've had a busy weekend and oh, stuff. Well, oh my God, you're busy. Oh, I'm sorry, Casey. Yeah, What's I didn't have busy. Time. It's busying. I've 
fucking busy and I watch these goddamn films from start to finish and do not fall asleep. I, that's impressive that you didn't fall asleep well, through candy corn. It's not that impressive. It's not that uh, fall asleep worthy. I was pretty invested in this. I mean, I wasn't. That's that's the difference. All right. Well, I feel like you just lost all credibility talking about it because you didn't even really give it a chance or watch it when you were like focused enough to really appreciate it. Oh no, I I I was wide awake when I started it. Oh my god. It was a Saturday right. afternoon, and I, you know, I slept all right the night before. I wasn't up early, and then I put this on, and it was like fucking somebody put Nyquil right in my veins. Sometimes I just, I, I regret, I think it's a blessing and a curse that we do not record in the same room because sometimes I just want to punch you in the face. To be yeah, there'll be a couple of slaps going on most likely. But probably it's good that I can't do that because that, you know, I don't really condone violence and that probably would hurt our working relationship if no, I was always trying to like You wouldn't you the be face. the first coworker to punch me. I'm sure not. <laughs> um, all right. Or at least want to. So uh, I feel like. I feel like I have to do a public service announcement here since I feel like both these films actually were PSAs against bullying. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a PSA. Okay. And uh, that's probably the wrong word actually entirely. But (laughs) what I'm going to do is I'm going to say some good things about this film because I feel like this film deserves to have good things said about it. And I don't want people take walking away from uh, this and being like, Oh, shitty indie horror film that's not worth my time because I actually think that this film does a lot of things right and I well, just want to mention some of them. Go are ahead. you sure that you want to do this now before I finish my terrible points? Oh, you have more terrible oh, points? Oh, I have I have a couple of things that really pissed me off about this movie to be fair. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, go ahead and continue being an asshat and then I'll come back and say Sure, yeah, okay, <laughs> so you're going to say these are homages. I'm going to say they're terrible writing and lazy filmmaking. Okay. So a couple of pet peeves. After I think it was after the bathroom scene where the the one guy gets killed, <clears throat> the 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 chick and the, the one guy are like making out in a room or they're hanging out in some room by themselves, right? And then their friend comes in and goes, "Did you hear?" And then they both go like, "Oh my god, what?" Like, "Oh my god," and they both get really upset and run out of the room. Like, you don't know what happened yet, you fucking idiots. He didn't say, "Have you heard that Steve died?" Then he just goes, "Have you heard?" And the music goes like. Bum, bum, bum. and they look really upset and the girl starts to cry and the guy's like oh no something's bad like how do you know what if you have you heard I won the lottery have you heard my dog gave birth to puppies it didn't have to be bad news but then like the filmmakers tried to trick us into thinking that they knew because they played like that dun 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 style music but really we just knew and then we assumed they knew but they didn't know and that pissed me off really bad like really bad. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and another thing that really <laughs> got under my skin. Another <laughs> thing guess. that really got under my skin was mm-hmm. every movie does this. So I'm not just gonna single this one out, but a lot of movies that feature cops in small towns do this, and it, it's another pet peeve of mine. Is dudes talking on the the radio to dispatch or whatever because there's nothing going on he's like oh yeah marcy how's your day going oh yeah blah 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 then he sees a naked guy covered in blood and drops the mic and goes to follow why wouldn't you be like there's a fucking naked dude covered in blood sent back up to this location now i'm going to check it out that's what you do as a normal fucking human being you don't drop the fucking radio and go run off after the guy covered in blood you call for backup 
it's not that hard to think realistically about a fucking scene for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That shit pisses me off. That's the stuff that really takes me out of movies. All right. Oh. You okay? No. All right. Do you no. need to, like... I need to go lay down. Tea and... Okay, do you want to... Fuck tea. Do you want to go... <laughs> <laughs> go, like, take a Valium and just chill for a minute, or... No, no. I want to be angry. Okay. But please, go defend this, this wonderful about? piece of filmmaking. No, those are the only two that I could think of. <laughs> I kind of stopped caring after that. Oh my god. I I'm sort of I'm sort of you do this to me a lot where I always have things to say, but by the time you get done I'm like, I don't I don't what's happening? Who am I? Where am I? Yeah, because what, you can't I, defend them. Well, I can. I just feel very discombobulated. Good. <laughs> All right. Let me think of where I want to start. Okay, I want to start with a few things. Okay, one, start with one I first, though. I want to say... Okay, I'll start with one at a time, <laughs> and then we'll just go in order. One is... So we talked about PJ Souls. And mm-hmm. in these, for the most part, with one exception... Well, maybe two. Um, these horror icons have bit parts. So they aren't... I mean, don't go in expecting, like, oh my god, I can't wait to see this really needy PJ Souls, Souls role. Um, you're not going to get it, but it is a really nice cameo, and she's she's a delight always. Um, but the cop that we are talking about, who I think is meant to be sort of, I think it is that tropey, like, bumbling fool a little bit. Um, small town, nothing ever fucking happens. So I kind of buy the fact that, like, when shit does happen, they don't really know how to handle it in a really good way. Okay. Um, Can I, I just? Argue, no, no. I just no. have a question. I just have a I'm question. Trying to talk. Okay, I know. I just, I just have a question. Okay, because like, our policing system in Canada is very different than the United States. Okay. It's just a real thing. Are like, do small towns have their own little sheriff's office with like a derpy guy who's just like fell into the role? Is that like an actual thing that happens? I don't. I mean, TBH. I've never lived in an ultra small town. Right, but have you driven through one or, like, you know, stayed in one or anything? I I have driven through, but I I didn't, like, go have an interaction with the, like, local police Local law enforcement? Oh, man, now you got it next time. I will. I'll try to, like, I mean, I I think, I don't, I mean, I have no proof, so I guess I'm just speculating, but there's enough. I'll I'll say this. I think, generally speaking, oh, this is going to get me in trouble. Mm. (laughs) So I'm going to say this with the caveat that I, that I, don't mean it how people are going to take it. I think so. a lot of times stereotypes, and when I say stereotypes, I mean like these tropey kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean <clears throat> broader, like hateful stereotypes. But like these kind of stereotypes where it's like, oh, the like clueless small, cop. Small town cops are either corrupt or, you know, not great. Like I think that those things exist because there's enough evidence of them happening. I'm not saying this is true for every single small town cop. I want to be clear, but I think that there's probably <laughs> enough evidence that this has happened, does happen, is something that is common enough that it becomes pretty ingrained in our sort of cultural understanding. I, I don't, I, I can't prove that this is actually a hundred percent a thing, but I don't know. It feels like a thing. Yeah. And maybe that's just my own biases. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. Because you see it in so many movies that you just assume yeah. that, you don't need any training to be a cop it seems like in these movies whereas like I know in Canada for for small towns or populations of like you know like 600 people or whatever they're patrolled and they're monitored by the provincial or federal police 
Well, let me say something real fast. Yes. I live in America, as yes. you know. And in We're very well big cities, uh-huh. with quite a bit of trading resources and funding, the cops do fucking stupid shit all the oh, time. Oh, yeah, of course. And, and, and that's been a big, like, sort of topic of conversation in our country is, like, how how badly cops behave and how badly they react and how badly how quickly they throw all their training out the window and do something really fucking stupid mm-hmm. so I think it I I don't think it's unreasonable in any film small town big city anything for a cop to make a bad choice or not be that great or you know be fucking stupid like I no. and I'm not saying again like all cops are bad <clears throat> please please, mm-hmm. please this isn't meant to cause controversy I'm saying that there's enough well-trained cops with a lot of resources that do Blue fucking lives shit. matter. Black lives matter. No, All I mean, lives matter. None of that. I think <laughs> That's where you're trying to start knows, here. <laughs> I think everybody knows how I feel. Um, who knows me? But, um, that is really not relevant to this discussion. This discussion right. is that the I don't. Discussion was I do it. Do small town sheriff offices actually yeah. exist? That's all I wanted to know. You hear about them in movies and books all the time, and I just, I don't know. Like, I don't, like, I'm sure, do they have a governing body that's somebody above them? Like, are they part of the state troop? Are they part of a municipal? Like, I'm just super curious because I see it all the time, and I don't have many American friends. So I just thought I'd ask you while I had the moment. That's all. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I don't live in small enough rural areas to comment on that uh but you're from texas they're all small towns i am i am from the worst state in the union and we act like a bunch of small town idiots but we are (laughs) actually not small town so everything's Um, bigger in texas anyway my point was (laughs) (laughs) yes continue that the cop in question is courtney gaines who i don't think you mentioned as somebody you recognize but he is of children of corn fame is he and i love him and i it, children of corn is like children of corn um you guys i almost want to probably say it's a guilty pleasure movie because i don't know that it's as good as i think it is um, what children of the corn but i have yeah i have quite a bit yeah. of nostalgic love for that film and sure and those fucking kids creep me out and uh he played the the redhead creepy kid in children of corn yeah, and, malachi uh and I thought he was just terrifying when I was young, and I still, when I watch it, I'm like, fucking love him. So uh, I thought that was super nice to see him. Um, and every time I see him, I still, like, see Malachi, which is probably not fun for him. But, like, it, I don't know. I think that added to the charm for me. Um, have you seen my question for you? And I think the answer is probably going to be no, but have you seen 31 from Rob Zombie? No, I don't think so. Okay. So... <clears throat> Mind you, all his movies blend into one terrible piece of shit, so it's hard to tell. Of course. Um, goes without saying, Casey. Yeah, naturally. And, and honestly, things that go without saying are okay not to say. If you, I mean, you know, let me. Can, can I just <laughs> take a wild stab at the plot of 31? No. Bunch of hillbillies working at a carnival on Halloween night going on a killing spree. So anyway. <laughs> That's the, why I fucking uh, nailed it. <laughs> the guy who plays, you didn't, but I don't want to argue about Rob Zombie right now. Uh, the guy who plays Dr. Death in this film, Katie Corm, was uh, a big character from 31, Poncho Moller. And I think he's great. Did you think he was great, or did you, like, not give a shit about him either? Which one was that, sorry? The the guy who plays Dr. Death. The guy who, like, resurrects... Um, oh, the, 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 the little man. The yeah. 
Uh, yeah, he was all right. Yeah, he was all right. Well, I don't know what you like. I, I don't think the the M word is appropriate anymore. Oh my god. I don't know what to call people anymore, man. <laughs> I mean, no harm by these things. They're just what I know you them know, as. We're we're all God's children, really. At the end of the day. If you believe in a god. <laughs> you know that my witchy ass is like real, super religious, so. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am never going to get through what I like about this film. I'm going to do this really fast. I think we've been talking about this too long. Okay. Let me say this. Sure. It's an 80s. It's a film that is set in the 80s. It is meant to like really evoke the 80s style. I think they did a fantastic job with that. It Right from the opening shot... It has a very vintage Halloween look and feel. Um, I think they do some great things with sound. I think it's shot really well. Um, we talked about the practical effects. Practical effects are probably the best part of this. Um, mm -hmm. There's a really strong team behind this uh, on the practical effects side. <clears throat> um, and it shows, and this is another, like, they're, they're working with very small budgets, and I think they do a pretty great job with that. Um, I will say, I didn't have a huge role either. But they, the like older dude that they go see at the beginning, who is like super weird and pervy and creepy, who's like, I want in on this action. You know that guy? Yeah, wasn't he the guy who dies in the bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he was in, I don't, have you seen the Greasy Strangler? No. Okay, Casey. <laughs> I kind of want to, though, based on that I, name. I actually think we might have to come <clears throat> to the podcast. I think. You might actually love the Greasy Strangler, and I'm not saying that ironically. I think it's it's kind of fucking the weirdest, most disturbing, most fucked up film I've seen, and and I mean that in a good way. That's all loving things that I'm saying. Uh, the Greasy Strangler is amazing, but he's in that, and so and he plays a like he plays an equally awkward, you know, repugnant character in that uh -huh. film. Uh, so that was fun, even though his role, like he, the character doesn't really make any sense, and his it's not the, like the best in this role, in this film. But um, it's fun to see him, and I just want to throw that out there because you need to see the Lucy <clears throat> Strangler. Everybody needs to see it if they haven't. So that's my little again PSA for yet another film. Sky um, Elobar is his yes, name. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, he looks like a creepy guy just in general. He's got that if very he pedophile look to him. I always wonder what somebody like him would be like in real life because he's one of those people that. Everything I've seen him in, which isn't much, obviously, but um, he's so fucking disturbing and out there and creepy and weird that I'm like, I'm sure in, in real life he's absolutely <clears throat> He's probably just lovely. a normal fucking dude, yeah. Absolutely, but like, it's hard for me. He's what's one of those characters. He's so good in these roles that it's hard for me to imagine him just being like straight up normal and cool. Dude has 32 credits to his name. Yeah, I haven't seen him in much. <laughs> he was in an episode of New Girl as Pasty Man. Oh, shit. I like New Girl, but I don't remember him in that. I don't know if I've seen it. You don't it. remember Pasty Man, the most memorable classic character <laughs> of television? I probably have it. It might have been one of the more recent ones because I stopped watching after a certain point. Uh, 2015. Yeah. I'll so, have to look that up because yeah. that, sounds, that sounds pretty great. And I'd probably see it and I'll be like, oh, shit. I didn't even realize. Because you know how sometimes, well, this happens a lot. You see someone in something before they're before they're in something that like really sticks in your memory or makes them famous. Mm -hmm. And then you go back and rewatch this one. It's like, Oh shit. I didn't realize that person was in this because you don't know them at the time. So they don't register. Yeah. Yeah. I get that with like people who are generally in commercials and then have like a movie role. I'm like, yeah. oh, is that the fucking like state farm guy? Is, is that who the fuck that is? And then it either is or it isn't. I'm like, Oh, 
well, I'm completely wrong. Or I'm completely right, one or the other. Yeah, one, one of those two. You um, get a 50 50. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love, we talked about, so the last film was actually shot in California, but this one was, was shot in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the setting on this. Like, this has that real, like, kind of Halloween vibe where it's just like that perfect kind of small middle America town and the, the Halloween atmosphere is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I think, I think it just looks really good. And I, I loved the aesthetics of this film, uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I had, I don't need to say a whole lot more than this. I mean, unlike Casey, I had, I didn't have high expect. not, I wouldn't say I didn't have high expectations. Mm-hmm. I didn't have really any expectations. Mm-hmm. I went in not really sure. Um, what to expect. I mean, I thought the marketing was really good, but a lot of times that does not translate at all into anything good. Uh, but I, I think, I think this was a fun film and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I think again, for, for it being a passion project, a really independent small budget affair, um, they did a, a really good job with it and it was, it was fun for me. So that's my, I just want to throw that out there as a counter, a positive recommendation that I think this is worth checking out. Yeah, but you can't believe everything you say because you've just lied to me about 31. I just looked at the plot. The first line is five carnival workers. It is carnival <laughs> workers, but you really like, <laughs> you did that thing where you, um, it, where it's real derivative and you just go to, you sort of are like, oh, I guess it's You mean just, a Rob Zombie movie? It's just devil rejects in a carnival and I didn't think that it was that, so... I mean, that's what the plot basically says. Not that that would be wrong, but... <laughs> See? Listen. One-dimensional filmmaking at its worst. I I hate you, and I want to go on record and say... I want to say that on record, but I also want to say that I am a Rob Zombie fan, and I'm not ashamed of it, and I you should do not be. I'm sorry, feel but you should bad be. about it at all. It's like being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You just shouldn't be. And I'm not the only Rob Zombie fan. Like, I'm not alone in this. It's not like I'm some weirdo on the corner who likes Rob yeah, Zombie. Yeah, I know, else but it. we've discussed the... Mm, not going to finish that sentence. Okay, good. I'm not sad that you're not finishing that sentence. I because feel really good about it, actually. It was very mean. Uh, well, big surprise. Yeah. Let me put on my shocked face that you can't see. Well... Regardless. You're so mean all the time. Well, especially to Rob Zombie, because, I mean, talk about, like, failing upwards. I just watched, I'm doing, uh, not that anybody gives a shit, but I'm doing, like, you know, like everybody, I'm doing 31 Days of Horror, um, or Halloween, Mm -hmm. where I watch a movie a night, um, which isn't really very much different from any other day of the year, but I'm doing it in a very purposeful way and I share them on social media and just last night I watched Devil's Rejects. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Maybe maybe in anticipation of this, maybe there was something like subconscious where I was like, I just really need to watch Rob Zombie before I talk to Casey. Why? I don't know. Aren't I torture enough? Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, you're all the torture I need, trust me. I get my, I get my fix. It's clearly not if you're watching Rob Zombie movies. Willingly watching Rob Zombie movies. So let me open myself up to one final bit of 
potential pain mm-hmm. before we end this podcast. Yes. Please and do. I, I feel like I'm regretting it before I even say it, mm-hmm. which is not good, but I'm going to ignore all my instincts right now. <laughs> I heard the like audible gulp. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, there's like big, a oop. The big like, oh God, are we doing this? Uh, So Halloween. Halloween kills. Is that what you're talking about? Halloween kills. Yeah. Halloween kills. We yeah, both saw it like, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I feel like since we're talking about Halloween horror, we, we need to at least spend a couple of minutes with our general thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. are definitely going first. Why am I going first? Because well, you we are. both know that you loved it. <laughs> we don't know any. You don't know anything. You're making wow, wow. Never go to a gambling table. I can tell your poker face is terrible from 4,000 miles away. <laughs> it's because I'm a very honest person. I don't like practice the art of lying. Uh, well, mm-hmm. well, wow. I liked it. I liked it. Oh, no. shit, really? Yeah, I liked it better than the uh, 2018 one, actually. Uh, and I liked That's the 2018 it. one, too. No, like, uh, I just thought it was, it felt very Empire Strikes Back to me in the sense that they didn't have to waste time on, like, introductions and character building and they could just get right the fuck into it. And it felt more fun. And which I think is what a Halloween movie yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, I thought the first. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, good. Sorry. Yeah, no. So I, I just thought the first one had it was a little tropey in spots, um, which I could have done without. And I rewatched it fairly recently. It's on Netflix here, or was anyway recently, uh, and I still enjoyed it, but not as much as when I first saw it, because uh, I was like, oh yeah, okay, that does happen. Oh yeah, that that happens again. Oh, I mean, it's still all right, but I mean, it, there's still moments in where I'm like, oh, like the podcast hosts. Dun dun dun. Who are very obvious cannon fodder right from the very first seconds of their their screen time, uh, you know, like shit like that, where they're just kind of retelling the 1978 version, just a little more modernized. But this one is like completely. There were some throwback moments, obviously, but I thought it was a lot more fun. It was more brutal, but it wasn't over the top brutal. You know, it wasn't like a hatchet or something like that, where there's limbs flying all over the place, and it's kind of silly. But it was very realistic, brutal. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to how they wrap it up, uh, next year. What did yeah, you think? Well, that was actually a more pleasant, uh, ending than I was anticipating. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it is no secret. Like I, I'm predisposed to love these films, uh, just for the mere fact that they exist, you know, it's because this is my we've talked about this Halloween's my favorite film of all time mm-hmm. my favorite franchise um even the bad films I have a shit ton of fun with and um like when you get later on in the original franchise when they start to just go off the rails um some of those are the most fun in the franchise and I love them <laughs> mm-hmm. even though I can look at them and be like yeah I mean clearly this is a fucking train wreck but I'm on board for it right, right. um yeah I thought this was it really it's like exactly what you want it to be Mm-hmm. It doesn't try to be anything more than what you want, which is just you just want to be a fucking good time and you want to see, you know, Michael be Michael and um, you want that brutality. And they had a nice balance of the brutality with the, the storytelling. Know, there's some, there's some yeah. silliness and there's some like, you know, like oh, the yeah. law is kind of kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, there are definitely parts where it's like. But then there's also some like really poignant moments and really like impactful ones. and. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I loved how it ended. Um, they set, set up the next one really well. I'm super excited about it. I wonder how uh, they're going to explain Michael. I don't know. I'm sure you know what I'm know. talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just super excited for it. And I love, like, to your point, you know, they did... They did basically what the original Halloween 2 did, which is so effective and so fun, is where you start on the same night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it is just like picking right up. It's a continuation of the story. And um, you're right. Like, it's fun because you just get thrown right back Throw into it. Thrown right back, yeah. And there's no setup needed. You know who these characters are. Yeah. Uh, you clearly know what's been happening. So you just get to you get to have some fun. And uh, obviously, I enjoyed the introduction of, Characters that we know and love. Um, well, I don't think there's any secret section. that those characters are in it, so you can probably say their names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm disappointed Paul Rudd didn't reprise his role. Yeah, God, I love Paul Rudd so much. <laughs> um, I, I yeah, I had a, I had a. That's about all. It's like, is it like earth shattering and groundbreaking? No, but it no. doesn't need to be or want doesn't to, have be, to be. No, I think it's, it's a middle like, movie of a trilogy. Say, you know, it's it's it, that's where the action's supposed to take place. I will say I regret that, um, and this is my fault, but um, not seeing it in the theaters. I did watch it at home, <gasps> and so I know I. sacrilege, uh, and only because like I just couldn't get to the theater right when it opened, and I was like, I have to see this right away. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have. I, I think because I saw the first one in the theater, and I do think it loses. I, I know I'm a big advocate for the theatrical experience. I think it loses something uh, watching it on TV. I think had I seen it in theater, it would have been a more immersive experience and I would have liked it more. I didn't dislike it, but I also could feel the not feeling quite as like um, just in the world as I was the first one. Fair. And I do think that's from like how I, how I viewed it. So I am going to try to go to the theater and see it as well on the big screen uh, just to have that experience. Um, I was supposed to go to a screening, mm. but I couldn't, I couldn't do it because I had to record a podcast. Uh, Oh. Which I I don't regret because I had a I had a great time. Uh, it wasn't this podcast. That. You're it cheating on me. It wasn't this one because I would have said no. I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's um, fair. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I am cheating on you just temporarily, but uh, for a good cause. Mm-hmm. I was able to talk about uh, speaking of, I was able to talk about JB Lee Curtis and talk about Halloween and that impact. But um, yeah, just a little aside that uh, if you can see it in the theater see in the theater because i do think it's gonna be a better experience but well that'll be a discussion for ni- another podcast it was nice that they i i have mixed feelings about it but i guess it was nice to be able to watch it you know right away in my pajamas from the comfort of home yeah but, see on on social media i'm seeing like a lot of 50 50 some people really like this some people fucking hated it like there's some vitriol towards this movie on certain yeah, pages it, I feel like it is pretty polarizing. And I don't um, get why. It's not like it's, you know, it's very surface level. You're getting what you get. You should expect what, you should know what you're getting into going into it. It's not like it's a crazy secret and there's no, you know, it's, it's, it is literally the definition of a slasher movie. I feel like it's like we have this culture now of just like, if anything's like popular or or cool or anticipated like yeah it's like yeah. we have to there has to be a a group of people who are like that's bullshit and I, I feel like one of the things that really frustrates me about criticism it's not and i always have to caveat this it's not that somebody doesn't like something because everybody has a right to not like something yes 
it's it's sort of the why and it's I feel like a lot of times people are upset that the film wasn't what they expected it to be or what yeah, they it would wasn't have done. What they or, wanted, you know? yeah. And I'm like, the job of the filmmaker is not to give you exactly what you <laughs> wanted. The job of the filmmaker is to give right. you their vision and to do it, you know, in the best way possible. And, you know, that either resonates with you or it doesn't. But, like, to dislike something because you're like, well, that's not what I wanted to see. That's yeah. not what I would have done. That's not what I wanted to happen. It's like, come on. Like, that's not a fucking reason to hate on a film. Um, in my opinion, I just don't think that's fair criticism. Um, I, I, I respect somebody's right to not like it for sure. But I I think that that's, um, because in that case, like it's a lose lose, right? Like how can you ever as a filmmaker deliver, because you're never going to deliver what everybody expects or wants. You got to do what you would want to see. And and that can't be a measure of your success as a filmmaker. It just, it's just not a fair, a fair indicator. So for me, um, I just wanted, you know, I wanted exactly what I got. I didn't have any expectations about how it was going to go or how they were going to do it. Mm -hmm. I just went in being like, okay, I want to have a good time. I want to experience this franchise that I have a lot of affection for. I want to be back in this world. I want to see more Michael Myers, just being Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. That's what I got. And I was very pleased. And that that's my, that's my review. Very that's pleased. Fair. Very, very <laughs> fair. Um, one of the weird criticisms I saw was like, this person was like, it was terribly written, terribly shot and terribly acted. I'm like, it's got the same fucking people in it from the first movie. If you like the first movie, you know, the acting was fine in the first one. You know, like I'm just sitting there shaking my head. I'm like, you just didn't like it for, because you want to be cool and edgy. Yeah. And I think people, it's just, and I hate to say this, but it feels like some people go in wanting, wanting to hate, to hate it. Yeah. And I never, ever understood that mentality. And that's, this isn't the only film that that happens for. I, I just, I, I don't understand why people interact with films that way. Because it's, film is such a, it's such a gift. You know, it's such an escape. It's such a, like, you can just immerse yourself in this other world and... I don't know. It, it feels like for me, that's where my, that's joy. That's the thing that I do to escape the shittiness of the world and just be happy for a couple hours. Even if I'm watching something that's as sad or intense, but I'm like happy because I'm having this immersive experience with cinema mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and I love it. And I don't understand the mentality of watching shit for the sheer like idea of like, I just want to see how much I'm going to hate this. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? I don't I don't quite understand, but that's again my little like, soapbox there. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I understand if a film disappoints you or if it's not what you wanted it to be. And sometimes I have that experience with film. I know it's a little bit more rare than other people, but uh, you know, I don't love everything even though it feels like I do, but I don't know. I just love the experience of film and I never go in ever ever go into a film being like well, I'm expecting to hate this. I hope to hate it. I probably will hate it. Like, that's never how I, like, interact with any film and don't really understand that mentality. Well, fair yeah. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I knew you were going to say fair enough. It's it's your very dismissive, like, okay, then. Let's end this conversation and move on to, <laughs> you should leave reviews on Apple iTunes or podcasts. Five-star reviews, preferably. Preferably, enough, not not, pl- not pl- preferably, but preferably, <clears throat> uh, those five star reviews uh, will be read out on the show. So if you want to get a shout out, that's a great way to do it. Uh, you can tell me how right I am, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, or you can leave a little voice 
message memo thing. I don't know what they call it on Anchor. And that'll be played at the end of the episode that airs after you leave it. And you get entered into contests, which is fun and cool. Yeah, I uh, I just got some pretty sweet Halloween swag that I need to give away some of it. Ooh. So uh, I might be giving some of that sweet, sweet swag away if anybody would like to call and talk about Halloween or anything else you want to talk about. Yes. And, and when we say, like, talk about, like, I mean, you just have to leave, like, a 30-second little thing. It's not like you have to have this big speech prepared or it's this big overwhelming thing. You can just call and be like, I love the show. I think it's great. And that's that's enough for us. We just like to hear that you're out there and that you're engaging and you're... And that you're alive. I gotta, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to start real. making some, like, wellness check calls around the world. Mm-hmm. Because, I think you should. That might yeah. be a good marketing strategy. I know you think I'm good at marketing, <laughs> but that seems like a really solid plan. Yeah, let's just use up police time and resources because people aren't leaving reviews <laughs> <laughs> on our podcast. We just want to make sure everybody's okay, really. Yeah. It's all just very, uh, yeah. it's, it's, what's the word? It's very altruistic, you know what I mean? We just care yeah. about your well-being. Yeah, we don't care about Not us. About we care about you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it would be lovely. It would be really, really lovely to hear from you guys, whether it's review, which is always super nice, but even if it's just calling up and saying like, hey guys, this is how I feel about something, or this is what I'd love to hear you talk about, or I loved Halloween too, or I hated it, or, you know, Stephanie, shut the fuck up. Like, I like hating films. Definitely that last one. Definitely Um, that last one. Yeah, like whatever you need to do. (laughs) Um, I just want to hear from you. I think it's. I think we both just want to hear from you. So, um, and we will reward you handsomely. We look. We've got a lot of shit we want to give away, and let us let us do that. Let us give you cool stuff. Yes. Just make us happy and make you happy. It would make the world a better place. I feel like this is a win-win for everyone. It is. I don't even know why we're still talking about it. I don't know. It's like such a no-brainer. It is definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the next episode will be airing on Halloween. Yes. And we may or may not be doing something a little different a little or special. Different, maybe a little special, maybe, maybe, we'll see. maybe. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. gonna do it for us this week. Bye, everyone. See ya. <laughs>